Hello and welcome to The Reasonably Good Life. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brooks. This is a show about using reason to pursue the good life in this complicated world. We are on episode six, which is why do we believe in fake news, lies, and conspiracy theories? Now a quick word about The Reasonably Good Life sponsor, Pinwheel. Pinwheel is a phone designed to be a smarter phone for kids and teens. It's a tool and not a toy. It has the most useful features of smartphones without all of the trappings that concern parents. I've served as a consultant for the development of Pinwheel, and my 10-year-old has one and loves it, and my wife and I love it too. If you go to pinwheel.com and order a phone, you can get a 10% discount by using this code BROOKS10. That's spelled out T-E-N, and it's all one word. BROOKS10. Now, back to the reasonably good life. First off, this topic is near and dear to me because if you've listened to some previous episodes, this theme is that I'm very concerned about what's happening in America and around the world right now with the increased division, the right and left being very against one another. We're more polarized now than we have been probably since sometime after the Civil War. There's good data to support this. So this is real, this is happening. You've seen it in the news and neighbors are hating each other and family members and this increased division, I don't think is good for America as a whole and not good for us as individuals. And there's a lot of talk about the concerns of screens and screen time on kids and teens. I've even written a book about this called Tech Generation Raising Balanced Kids in a Hyperconnected World. While I do have concerns about how screens are affecting young people and the rest of us, I'm little, I'm less concerned about like TikTok and Fortnite and video games and social media in general. You know, I do have concerns, but I'm more worried about how the internet and social media are being used to spread lies, misinformation, um, conspiracy theories um, are just, it's just spreading like a virus throughout uh, America and elsewhere. Now, one might think, and I'm old enough to remember this when the internet first was coming about and we had access to information at our fingertips, like more information that we've ever had before, where we could just look anything up at any time and, and find an answer. There was talk that we'd be a much more educated and informed um, population uh, society because we have access to information, right? And that makes some sense. But as we have access to more information, we also have access to more misinformation. And it's, I, we can't say that people are less informed or, or believe in more lies and conspiracy theories than we did 100 years ago. There's plenty of misinformation back then. In fact, I would argue that the average citizen is much more informed uh, about our world than the average citizen from hundreds or thousands of years ago. Like, you know, the earth is not the center of the universe. The earth is a sphere, uh, you know, things about moons and planets and germ theory and evolution and physics and equals MC squared. You know, there's just so much information that we now know that uh, previous societies did not uh, historically. 
So that's the good news. However, despite access to all this information, there is a surprising amount of misinformation going around. Um, and I do believe that that's causing problems. And that's why I'm doing this episode. Now, full confession here. I believe in lies, fake news, and conspiracy theories, and I've spread them as well. So as much as I'd like to say I'm informed, I'm educated, I'm reasonable about things, the truth is I'm human too. I have my biases. I distort information. I can cherry pick information with the best of them. Um, I try not to. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress, but it's not a problem of the right and left. I guess this is my right, my right and left uh, of, of uh, conservatives and liberals. It's a human problem and it transcends politics that we are uh, often biased. Uh, we're fallible. Um, we don't see the world clearly. We'd like to think that we do, but the reality is we are very biased and, and we distort information in ways that often conforms to what we already believe. This is known as a confirmation bias. Now, I like uh, some sentiments that are expressed by uh, some philosophers, one of whom is Marcus Aurelius. He was a Stoic philosopher. He was the emperor of Rome in the uh, in the second century. Um, his book, Meditations, is one of my all-time favorites. And a quote he has from that is perhaps my favorite sentence I've ever read. Against our will, our souls are cut off from truth. So that expresses this idea that we're yearning to know the truth, but we just can't grasp it. It slips through our fingers. We aren't able to. Now, I like that sentiment. I, I don't know if it's true, but I like the sentiment. Here's another uh, quote from a movie. I'm going to let you watch this clip from A Few Good Men, and this might describe the way it really is. Consider yourself in contempt. Colonel Jessup! Did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You to. want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I want to know the truth. You can't handle the truth. I think oftentimes we don't believe things that don't fit with our values, our preconceived notions, and we can't handle it. So it's that, that truth or reality comes and it just bounces right off or it gets filtered out. Now, I don't think we deliberately believe in lies, misinformation, and conspiracy theories. It just kind of seeps into us. And I'll say this is true of me. I think it's probably true of everyone. When we have that information in us, it's very difficult to tell what is true and what is not. So even right this moment, I have a lot of information and thoughts and ideas that I believe to be true. And only some of it is. Some of it's way wrong, completely wrong. And some of it's sort of gray, like maybe I'm sort of right. But in my head, I can't distinguish what is true from false. I'll give you an example of how I 
believe in lies, fake news, and conspiracy theories. So in the social sciences, there's been what's called the replication crisis. So if you have uh, taken an intro to psychology class, we all come across these landmark studies about how humans work, like the Philip Zimbardo Stanford prison experiment. There's a whole bunch of them. Well, the replication crisis is that, um, I don't know, is maybe 10 years ago or thereabouts, uh, a bunch of social scientists decided to try to replicate these landmark studies. And what they found is many of these studies did not replicate. So the findings from those original studies that were taught to millions and millions of people <clears throat> for years, it turns out that either that information wasn't accurate or it was exaggerated to some extent. It's possible that some of those things were true 30 or 40 years ago and now society's changed so they don't find the same things are true. But at any rate, I've told a lot of people things that I found in these intro to psych books. I blogged about them and then later on I find out that they've been debunked. So that's really embarrassing. Um, so that gives me a, a bigger uh, sense of humility than I once had. Um, and in part, that's what this show is about, is being humble about what we think we know is true. If we think about it, we only know a sliver of what information is available in the known universe. I mean, it's, it's just an infinitesimal fraction of the available information in the known universe or in even in our world there's so much information that we could know that we don't even our senses are designed to give us some information but not all the information out there for instance our vision we don't we only see certain uh, uh, air wavelengths of the light spectrum and so if you take the entire electromagnetic spectrum um, we don't see radio waves or microwaves or x-rays or a dog can smell things that we can't detect at all or you know, a dog whistle or if you've ever uh, blown one of those we can't hear it but the dogs can so there's all this information that even our senses aren't uh, picking up to begin with and there's so much information out there that it's impossible to take it all in in fact if we did take it all in, we would be immobilized. We would be non-functional because we would be inundated with so much information we couldn't even survive. So what our brains do is take shortcuts. They filter information. We have a lot of biases in place, but the biases serve a purpose. If they didn't, they wouldn't be there. They're mental shortcuts. However, they can get us into a lot of trouble. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Some other quotes that I find inspiring, back to Marcus Aurelius, this is one I, I really love and I think that he wrote this about 2000 years ago. Nothing is so conducive to spiritual growth as this capacity for logical and accurate analysis of everything that happens to us. So there, Marcus Aurelius is trying to dispassionately look at the available information and study it accurately. So based on this accurate understanding, he could make skillful decisions as an emperor and as a human being navigating the world he was living in. A similar 
sentiment is expressed by Lao Tzu in the Tao Te Ching. A good scientist has freed himself of concepts and his mind is open to what is. This goes back to that idea of flexibility that I think is so important, is if we think we know the truth and we have this accurate understanding and we're clinging on to it, we're clutching on to it, that lacks flexibility and it lacks the humility that we need to navigate this complicated world. And you can think of some of the things that you used to think are true, were true. And then as you get older, you find, oh, I don't believe that uh, anymore or not as much as I used to. And this could be, you know, from kids believing in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny and tooth, the Tooth Fairy, but our concepts about God and politics and complex social issues, you probably have different views that you hold now than you did 10 or 20 years ago. And if we are very inflexible and we cling to truth like we know it, like it's rock solid, it just doesn't fit with the complexities of this world that things are always changing. So we need to change as well. Now, there are many reasons we believe in lies, fake news, and conspiracy theories. So I don't want to say there's just one. A big one is a confirmation bias. And I think I might have mentioned that in previous episodes or even today, but uh, uh, a confirmation bias is that we cherry pick information to support what we already believe to be true. Um, we all do this. Again, it's not a left or right problem. It's a human problem. It's a uh, a cognitive bias that we take these mental shortcuts. And if something fits with what we already believe, we tend to use that information. But if it doesn't, I mean, it, it contradicts what we already believe to be true, especially if what we believe to be true is very, very important to our identity and our values and our group, that information kind of bounces right off. One of the biases that I think has a profound effect on what we believe is called an in-group bias. It's also known as in-group favoritism or my side bias. If we think of our evolutionary heritage, for most of our evolution, most of our uh, existence as a human species, we lived in hunter-gatherer groups of like 50 to 150 people. We are mostly nomadic. Now, when we're in those groups, allegiance to the troop, to the tribe was essential for our survival. We needed one another. We are social creatures inherently, and we cannot survive without one another. And when we're in these tribes, we needed to be connected with one another, support one another, trust one another, believe one another. So if one of the tribal members says there's lions at a watering hole, we needed to believe that to be true and not just go over to the watering hole. Um, and if information came outside of our tribe, we were much less likely to believe it. And you know, back then those tribes, they didn't mingle a whole lot. I, I think they're still researching how much that happened, but the bottom line is we tend to trust our tribe and our tribal members over people from outside of our tribe. And we're seeing this play out in society 
all the time, we think of our news sources. So if you're a liberal on the left, you're much more likely to believe the news coming from in MSNBC and Rachel Maddow. If you're on the right, you're much more likely to believe the information coming from Sean Hannity at Fox News and <laughs> never the twain shall meet. Um, and that's that in-group bias. So that's the echo chambers that we hear about is that we end up, if you're left, you surround yourself with people and sources of information that tend to confirm what you already believe to be true and you trust these sources. And if you're from the right, you, you do the same. And again, this it, it, it's the left and right do it the same. Each side would like to claim the others more to blame, but I think that's a losing game. I don't think the research supports that. We take our humanity with us wherever we go. What I would add is the more extreme you are, right or left, the more likely you are to be wrong because the more extreme one becomes, the less flexible one becomes. Now, more about that in-group bias. I read this book recently called The Misinformation Age, How False Beliefs Spread by Kaylin O'Connor and James Owen Weatherall. Both of these folks are philosophers and they specialize in the philosophy of science. And the book was good overall. I enjoyed it. There was one aspect that really jumped out at me that they explained in detail and it made so much sense when they said it. I mean, it, it's it's intuitive, but they really hammered the point home in a way that connected with me. And it was this, if we think of all the available information out there in the universe, in this world, <clears throat> we cannot gather that information firsthand. It's impossible. Um, so what we tend to do is we have people who are sources of information, and, and now we have, you know, the media sources, um, and we use those to gain information about our world. So when we think of how do we know how far away the moon is from the earth and that the earth is a sphere and the sun has, you know, whatever the temperature is and there are, you know, galaxies and planets and, you know, stuff about physics and germs and what antibiotic to take when you have a certain illness. We don't know that from those things from firsthand experiences, um, even like capitals of other countries that we haven't visited. You know, we don't know firsthand what they are. We read it and go, okay, you know, this is the capital of, you know, whatever country. Um, and so we tend to trust other people as ways to gather information about the world and who is it that we trust? Well, we trust people on our side to gather the information. Um, so if it's about mask wearing or vaccines, so you can think of a hypothetical conversation I might have with my uncle Carl at a family gathering. And um, maybe I'm encouraging Uncle Carl to get a vaccine and he's skeptical. And I say, hey, Uncle Carl, you ought to get that vaccine. It's, it's safe and effective. I, I've had one. And he says, well, I don't know. I, I've heard bad things about vaccines and side effects and reactions. And I really don't trust them that much. I think they're worse than COVID. And 
uh, Uncle Carl might say, well, how do you know they're safe and effective? And I say, well, Uncle Carl, I've uh, read New York Times and what the CDC had to say and Dr. Anthony Fauci. And, you know, it's all over the news media about the efficacy of vaccines and WebMD, you know, whatever. I name all these sources. And he says, well, where did they get the information from? And I, I might say, well, I, I guess they're journalists and they, they probably read journal articles and maybe the American Medical Association or whatever, the, where they did studies on the safety and efficacy of the vaccines and they're reporting that. And Uncle Carl, the skeptic might go, well, um, how do you know that uh, they actually read the articles? Did the journalists read the articles? in full? Did they examine the data? And I might have to concede, well, I don't know if they read the full article. Um, I, I mean, they didn't gather the data themselves. They're, they're trusting that the doctors and the scientists uh, gathered the data. Um, and then he might say, well, how do, you, how do you know? How do you know they gather the data properly? Did you examine the data? You know, and it starts to go like, ah, well, no, no, Uncle Carl, but I'm trusting, I'm trusting that these are accurate sources of information. He might say, well, I've read other things and I trust my information that says these vaccines don't work all that well and there's a lot of safety concerns. Now I could go to Uncle Carl and say, well, why is it that you trust your data sources over mine? You know, um, so that just speaks to this idea that the information we get is not often not from firsthand experience. It's through these other channels. And who do we trust? We trust basically our tribe, our tribal members. Now to summarize this episode of why we believe in fake news, lies and conspiracy theories, the, some takeaways here. Um, the world is getting more polarized, especially here in America. We've seen a lot of ugly things play out. And when we're looking at why, well, there's a lot of mistrust from one side to the other. Um, each side going to their own sources of information and claiming they know the truth and that the other side's wrong, whether it's about election results or vaccines or mask wearing or things about transgender race, you know, it goes on and on, all these things that we're arguing about uh, so strongly. And each side is getting their own sources of information and trusting that these are accurate sources of information. However, we need to understand that we are all biased. I think we need to come at this world with a greater sense of humility when it comes to what we think we know to be true. And especially if we're feeling it really strongly and we're emphatic that our side is right, we're much more likely to be biased when we're emphatic that we think we're correct because the more extreme we become in our position, the less flexible we become. And we need to understand that we have these biases that are built into us. We take them wherever we go. So by understanding that, my hope is that we could all have a greater sense of humility, flexibility, and tolerance so that we can get along a little better and not hate each other as much. Because I don't think that's good for society. And it's not good for us as individuals to be hating our neighbor and thinking they're idiots. 
we can do better than that. The change starts with us though, and, and it starts with us taking some deep breaths and being much more humble about what we think we know to be true. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Reasonably Good Life. I've been your host, Dr. Mike Brooks. Be curious, be flexible, be kind, and for goodness sakes, be reasonable. And I hope to see you at the next episode. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks again for joining me today. I want to give a special shout out to Eric Kenow and Patrick Kennedy for their help with both the podcast and YouTube versions of The Reasonably Good Life. If you enjoyed this episode, I always appreciate follows, likes, and shares. Also, if you want to follow me, my website is www.drmikebrooks.com. For Instagram and Twitter, I am at Dr. Mike Brooks. For Facebook, it's Dr. Mike Brooks The Reasonably Good Life. And for email, you can contact me at contact at reasonablygoodlife.com. Thanks again, and I hope to see you next time.